0: This is the Classic Baseball Broadcast Network, where we believe there is nothing like hearing about history from those who lived it. Listen to our full catalog of broadcasts at ClassicBaseballBroadcast.com. Kellogg's on the
1: air. The Kellogg Company, makers of the famous Kellogg Corn Flakes and other ready-to-eat cereals, presents Al Dutton. But right now, here is a suggestion to brighten up your fall menu. Why not try serving Kellogg's cornflakes? Some people still think of cornflakes as a food for breakfast only. But just try them for a light supper. Serve them with sliced bananas or with a preserved fruit. The whole family will be delighted with this crisp, toasty, flaky cereal that is so easy to digest. But be sure to get genuine Kellogg's cornflakes that come to you fresh from the spotless Kellogg kitchen with the flavor protected by the wax-type air wrapper. Your grocer has Kellogg's Corn Flakes in the familiar white, red and green Kellogg package. you better order some tomorrow. And now, here's Hal Thompson. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Port, you know that contest? <laughs> we can't tell them yet who's the winner because we don't know yet. There's four players so close to the top that they're having to go back and add every bit of a boat that's come in again. In other words, right from the start, they're re-adding all the votes. To make sure that the one of these four players that are within a hundred posts of each other on the unofficial standing is actually the winner and as to the who is going to win the other prizes the prizes for those writing in well we still hope to have it within a week but i don't know those thousands and thousands of letters are bearing a lot of reading and a couple of the judges right now are out of town so we've got to get them back in town so we can bear down on it so if the people be patient we will too i hope I'm trying to because I'm sort of anxious to know myself. That's yes, how am I am. Uh, yeah, I want to know who's getting all these automobiles and fur coats and the radios. I mean, you and I can't get them. But you know, nobody you can. <laughs> At least we can know who got them, anyhow. Huh? Yeah, right. And okay. we have the fun of presenting them, maybe. Well, the World Series opening game has come and gone, hasn't it? And the it and went just about the way most people figured it would. A fellow named Carl Hubble was just about too tough for the boys. And he won that game 6-1, to one, being the Yankees in that fashion, holding them to seven hits, striking out eight of them by cracky and walking only one. In other words, the Yankees saw a great southpaw with great stuff and control. They've seen a lot of great southpaws in their league with good stuff. Some of them haven't got so much control. Of course, the veterans have, like Lefty Grove, when he's right, and Earl Whitehill. But the majority of them heaven to control and the stuff that Hubble had. He showed it time and time again. Just from hearsay and what we know of the series, game, we know several things that happened that bore out what was said before the series really got underway. The first hit of the game went to Bill Terry. That was one of Bill Terry's two hits. Terry showed that he's the great money player he always was. However, another giant player, who figured on being a great money player, lived up to his reputation. And that was Mel Ott, the little rascal who plays right field, and is one of the greatest young ball players uh, in the major leagues, and now already a veteran. But a couple of other boys bounced up with base hits. In fact, eight of the nine hits made by the Giants were made by four players. One of them was little Dick Bartell. You know, Bartell is one of these fiery little players who may be very hot, but very cold. Might be very dangerous and bad, or very docile. Today, he was very, very tough. As a matter of fact, it was his home run. that tied up the game after Powell, or rather, uh, Selkirk had put the Yankees ahead with a home run early in the game. And the other two hits you get. Uh-huh. Carl Huffle himself. Boy, he's always been tough up at that dish, but when he was out there with that winning spirit, he was up with two more base hits. You know, that sort of gives an idea of what those Giants have. Now, tomorrow may be a different thing. Freddy Fitzsimmons is going to pitch. Now they pitch against Lefty Gomez. Gomez has been going erratically lately. He's pitched one good game. One good game at the end of a very erratic season is another question. The third inning again saw Hubble rise to the heights. Selkirk opened the inning with a home run. That put the Yankees ahead. And after Hubble himself tossed out roughing, and Cosetti popped a whitehead, Rolf and DiBaggio sink. Well, there was one of those big Yankee innings in the making, you think. Who was it, Matt? Lou Gehry. What did he do? Hit a nice little bounder down to a fellow named Carl Hubble, and Hubble threw him up first base. I don't know. That Hubble's was right in there all the time. Fourth inning again, it was Hubble. It had started to rain fans didn't like it very much because the ball handling was bad, the crowd was uncomfortable and still they played the ball game in these conditions, so they went on, and the Dickey opened up looking at a third strike, a foul double to left and walked. There was the real tough spot. They tried a double steal, figuring they were one run ahead, and that great little general back of the plate, who is to my mind, one of the fellows that is Completely not appreciated in baseball, a fellow who should have much more credit for what he's getting. Gus Mancuso whipped that ball down to Jackson, and the fleet-footed, hard-sliding, and cutting and slashing and spike-wielding Paul was out. And then Shelker, who had hit a home run early in the game, was struck out for the third out. Little Miller bounced up. In the sixth inning, they hit a base hit, a two-base hit in fact, showing that he wasn't there, and he doubled to left, showing that he hit a good-pitched ball. Ball, it was pitched outside to keep him from hitting it to right and into the stand. Ripple, the youngster, coolly stepped up there and laid down a sacrifice. And do you think sacrificing against good pitching, such as roughing was showing, and roughing did, pitch a corking good ball game, do you think funding against that kind of pitching and under that strain is easy? Your cook The score was tied, remember. And... Here was the proposition, And so Ripple laid down the sacrifice, and the same dustman Cuso, the boy who bears down when it counts, singles to left to drive in that run and puts the Cubs ahead. So there is the rest of the Cubs, the Giants, ahead the National League team anyway. Seventh inning again was Hubble. After Powell singles to the left, Terry turned around and struck out for the second time. Delker forced Powell and Terry, and rather Terry Barkell and roughing band. So there you had Mr. Hubble again. Giants 30, six runs, nine hits and one error. The Yankees one run, seven hits, two errors. Batteries for the Giants Hubble and Mancuso for the Yankees roughing and six. The City Series game between the White Sox the Cubs was called off on account of the very, very inclement weather. Rain, it was cold, and just altogether too bad. While that hurts the coffers of the ball clubs, I don't believe they're crying very much, because it adds the Sunday game to the players' pool. The players share in the first four games, and the games now are one game at Wrigley Field tomorrow, games at Comiskey Park on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then back to Wrigley Field. So, the players now share in the Sunday game, which should come close to being at the Pasty House, weather permitting breaks have started to play a part in the World Series brakes and temperament are liable to play a big part in the city series I wonder if knowing these players intimately having known them most of them been with the Chicago clubs and some of them before that it wouldn't be sort of a good idea to go down these various lineups and picture the personalities of the men but first personalities do play a big part in the a short series when everything depends on what's going to happen. Take Rip Radcliffe, the White Sox leadoff man. There's a fellow who is much better than a 300-hitter. He's a fellow who may go through the first two or three times at bat in the ball game without getting on base, And then all of a sudden, when the going gets tough, he comes up with that single or double to drive in runs. He's driven in eight to two runs this year. Or get on base to score runs. He scored 120 himself, making 207 hits. One of the two members of the White Sox has gone over the 200-hit mark, Kaplan being the hunter, the other with 204. And you have a man who has changes right down to the last ditch, and a fellow who is very, very sure on a fly ball, although he has that trouble with ground ball. Larry Rosenthal is a youngster who is just a little bit inclined to try too hard this to year, his first year, and he might choke up in a clinch. On the other hand, if they let up for a minute, he's going to part of that ball and cause trouble. Mule Haas is a veteran. His record of only 46 runs batted in, 76 runs scored, and a batting average of 285 doesn't really tell what Mule can do because it's those tough runs that he drives in when the going gets tough, and that's the answer. Zeke Fenora is a big, happy-go-lucky guy who'd rather hit than anything else in the world, and you can't get him down whether it's a City Series, World Series, or just a spring practice game. And with 138 runs already batted in this year, look out for Zeke under any circumstances. I don't believe that I have to talk about Luke Apling and his temperament. A kid about the fact that he always is celebrating a sore arm or a sore ankle or something. But that's in the clubhouse or on the bench when he's talking about it. Out there in the field, he never quits. He's driven in 128 runs, scored 111, made 204 hits, led both leagues with an average of 388, and he's going to be plenty tough. And this is another fellow who drives in runs. He it was at bat only 416 times this year and made 130 hits but drove in 86 runs, and that's what's tough. Jimmy Dykes is another fellow who is tough with men on bases, and Luke Sewell is noted as a man to drive in tough runs. On the Cubs side, Golan can get on base, but unless he does, he's had a slightly bad year, why the Cubs don't go so well. Cabrera is a question. In the last few games of the season, he went pretty well, but whether he can continue to do that in a short, important series is a question. He didn't do it in the World Series. Billy Herman ended the season in a terrific slump, and it's more than due to come out of it, and if he's out of it, everybody better look out. I see the time has moved around again, so come in, Fort Pearson. Yes, and now just a word, to all you folks who like to go out to the kitchen and raise the refrigerator for a bite to eat before going to bed. Most of us will be getting that urge a little later this evening, I know. Well, here's my tip. Remember to ask your grocer for Kellogg's Corn Flakes tomorrow. Enjoy them for breakfast, lunch, or supper. But be sure that they're handy for a crisp and tasty snack at bedtime. Kellogg presents Hal Totton with his inside story on baseball each day at this time, except Sunday. This is the National Broadcasting Company, WENR, the voice of service in Chicago. And it's now 30 seconds until 7 p.m. We're leaving here in favor of WLS. To WLS, the voice of Perry Farmer, America's oldest fall paper, Chicago. We join with the facilities of the National Broadcasting Company to bring you our first feature of the evening. UCFL in Chicago. Your new fall suit is ready at Morris B. Sachs, 6638 South Homestead Street. Sachs is offering stylish, beautifully tailored two trouser suits in all the smart fall fabrics and only. Twenty-four fifty on credit with a smile. It will pay you to see them soon. We leave our studios now as we take you to Wrigley Field for the first game in the City Series between the Cubs and the Sox. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We're speaking to you from Wrigley Field, the home of the Cubs of Chicago, to bring us this afternoon the first game, which has proved to be the first game of the City Series between the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. The game is about to start and there go the Cubs out onto the field, but before the Cubs take the field, they would like to keep the lineup for the game to be played this afternoon. For the White Sox, who are the first ones to come to bat, as though the visitors from the south side, the battery will be Vern Kennedy on the mound and Luke Stuhl behind the bat, the battery. And the batting order, Rip Radcliffe, left field, Barry Rosenthal, center field, Newhouse, right field, Zeke Zanora, third base, Luke Apling, third stop. Jackie Hayes, second base, manager Jimmy Dyke, third base, Luke Sewell catching, and Brennan Kennedy pitching. the Superville Cubs, the battery, Bill Lee on the mound, Gabby Hartnett behind the bat, and the batting order, Augie Coland, center field, Joe Cabaretta, third base, Woody Herman, second base, Frank Emery, right field, Stanley Hacks, third base, Gabby Hartnett, catching, Johnny Gill, left field, Bill Jurgis, short spots. and Bill Lee, the pitcher. The game is just about to start. The umpires are all going to their positions, and incidentally, we might remind you that the umpires for this afternoon. From the National League, the umpires Barr and Stewart, and for well, the American League are gone... And Ormsby. The is quite overcast and the wind is coming out of the northwest. Not a very strong wind, a very sluggish wind, as we would say, but in the grandstand, there are about 18,000 people. Just about 18,000 people. Now there at that is Rip Ratchet. The first ball has been thrown, strike one. He swings and hits the second one right down the right field line and he is out by a play at first base by Frank Demery taking the ball on the bounce. Running over and stepping on first base, retiring Rip Ratchet. And that brings Larry Rosenthal to bat. Larry Rosenthal at bat. Here's the windup and the pitch. The first ball comes over. Ball one. So the sack is one ball on Larry Rosenthal. There's the windup. Big Bill Lee taking that slow windup. And here is the pitch. Strike two. Strike two. Two strikes on Larry Rosenthal. Second man is back with one man out in the first inning for the White Sox. Now uh, he's running up the ball out there on the mound, big girly, putting the mid-back on again. Here it is, that slow swinging wind-up, and the pitch. Ball two. Ball two and strike one on Larry Rose's ball. Two balls and one strike on Larry Rose's ball. Watching for his sign. Girly gets his sign, here is the wind-up, the cuddle, and the pitch. And it is over the outside corner. Now it lifts the outside corner by about an inch for ball three. So the count is three balls and one strike on Larry Rosen, all of the White Sox in the first half of the first inning of the first game of the City Series. A lot of first on time, Alan. Here is the pitch. And it is strike two. Two balls and three strikes. He's run the count out at the end. Here comes the big one. He's watching for his time. Getting his time from Gabby Hartnett. Here is the windup and the pitch. And he is called out one strike out on strike for Larry Rosenfall. That makes two outs in the first inning for the White Sox, And he was called out. He didn't even blink. You can't make that hits unless you take that bat off his shoulder. And that brings Newell Hart, the donkey to bat. Standing up there, a left-handed hitter. and Stocky, it looks well as if he could well have out of the ballpark. So he really caught a hold of it and he can. Here's the windup on the first pitch to Newell Hart. And it is ball one. The first ball pitch, ball one to Newell Hart. Right fielder on the Chicago White Sox. Here's the wind-up and the next pitch. And it is ball two. Wide and low on the outside corner for ball two. Ball two, so Mulehouse is at bat with two balls, no strikes. Two men out in the first half of the first inning. Big Bill winding up there again. Here's the stretch and the pitch. And it is three balls and no strikes. Big Bill, he seems to have lost that control for which he is so famous. Winding up again to make another pitch. See if we can't get it down the middle this time. And it is strike one. Strike one, so that that's the count to three balls and one strike on the mule high. The mule waiting for it there, all ready to trot over the fence. He hits the second one down the shortstop, Luke Gaffling's direction. There he comes. Over the first base and he is out when Phil Cabaretta, took it from Bill Gurgis. That retires the side. Bill Gurgis to Phil Cabaretta at first, retiring the side with three outs. No run, no hit. And no errors in the first half of the first inning for the White Sox. And now we we'll see if we can't get into to the side for the White Sox. The White Sox coming to bat in the last half of the first inning. The Cubs coming to bat in the last half of the first inning. And they on the mound now, warming up is Brent Kennedy. The pitcher for the White Sox, and behind the bat, Luke Sewell. Luke Sewell doing the catching for the White Sox today. First man has for to the cup in the last half of the first inning. Brings up little Augie Galland. Augie Galland, who hits right hand left, and against the right-handed pitching of Vern Kennedy will hit left-handed. There goes the ball to second base over the shortstop. Walking it around the infield and back to the pitcher, Vern Kennedy. Vern Kennedy is cracking up the mound now, getting it set for his particular side of pitching. And Augie Galland is in the batter's box to face Vern Kennedy of the White Sox. Here's the swing in the cover. And the pitch on the first ball, and it is high and wide for ball one. Lining up for the second pitch. Here's the pitch, right down the alley for strike two, strike one, ball one, and strike one. Center field taken by Rosenthal of the White Sox. And that brings Bill Cavaretta, not first base in the back. Joe is batting 273 this year, a left-handed hitter facing Bernie Kennedy. Kennedy looking around the field, falling in his infield just a little bit, changing their position to take the hit if a hit made. And there's a bit It's hit out into left center. And Rip Rice in the waiting for it and makes the catch for two outs. Two out in the last half of the first inning. Catch made by Rip Ratchett with the White Sox. So it's two out. And that brings Billy Herman up to bat, a right handed hitter. He's up there, snapping the plate, pulling the catch down, getting himself adjusted. He's waiting for the first pitch. All ready for the first pitch. Here is the wind up. The turtle and the pitch. And he hits it. An infield rounder going down to the third baseman across the Phil Cabaretta. And he is out by an eyelash, retiring the side. With no run, no hit, and no errors. So the White Sox come to that the first half of the second inning with a score try, nothing to nothing, at the end of the first inning. The Cubs have the field. The White Sox have all gone back down into their dugout over the side first base over there. Incidentally, the White Sox very fresh in their gray uniforms and the Cubs in their white home uniforms are also looking very fresh. This means the whole park of all dressed up for this first game of the city series. The field is just as green as it can be and it seems to be a very enthusiastic crowd out here this the afternoon of about 18,000. Big Bill Lee is warming up out there with Gabby Hartman. now. There goes the ball to second base, around the field, around the infield and back to the pitcher. And now, up against the... That is watched, it Is Zeke Zanora. Big first baseman of the White Sox, ready to take the first pitch. Barely winds up, throws. And it is ball one. Ball one high and outside from the right-handed hitter. Looking for his time. He has it. Here's the windup. And the pitch. And it is strike one, bringing the count to one and one on Big Zeke Panora, The first hitter in the first half of the second inning for the White Sox. Taking his position again watching for his sign, he has it, winding up, and a pitch, He hits it out into the center field, it's way high, going out there, and center fielder Augie Galland makes the catch for the first out in the first half of the second inning. That applause that you're here, ladies and gentlemen, is for uh, Luke Appling, first stop at the Chicago White spot, coming to bat in the first half of the second inning. Luke Affleck, incidentally, is hitting 388. His season record was 388. The first pitch, he hits it out to right field. It's a high fly going out there. And Frank Demery runs over, makes the back, and it's two out in the first half of the second inning against the White Sox. Two outs, which brings Jackie Hayes to bat. Second baseman of the Chicago White Sox has been hitting this year 312. Hitting average of 312. A dangerous hitter in any man, please. And the first pitch. And he hits it out to right field and Frank Demery is running in and he catches it and it is three out no runs no hit, and no errors in the first half of the second inning for the Chicago White Sox, which brings the Chicago Cubs to bat in the last half of the second inning and the first man up is right fielder Frank Demery who made the last out in the first half of the second inning Frank Demery coming to bat. On the mound now, the black Sox have taking the field. The outfielders are going out to their position. The infielders are infield all out position, throwing the ball around. Green Kennedy's warming up with this score. And here comes the first hit of the bat. In the second half of the second inning, for the Cubs. Frank Demery right fielder. Frank Demery, incidentally, has been hitting on his record this year as a percentage of 3-4-8. 3 a dangerous hitter. Now we're ready for the first hit getting a sign from Luke Stuhl, here's the lineup and the pitch, and it is ball one, high and inside for a right-handed hitter. Ball one and no strike. the first hitter in the second half of the second inning. Here's the next pitch, right down the heart of the plate for strike line. so the count is one and one. On Frank is one ball and one strike. The pitch got away from Luke Stuhl that time, the ball went all the way through for ball two. So far outside, but even Luke Stoole couldn't catch him. He so went all the way back to the screen for two balls and one strike Down on Frank Demery. Frank Kennedy seems to be a little bit wild out there right now. getting a sign now, cuddling the ball there. That's... Wow, that one very nearly took a hammer off that time. He had to duck underneath and get away from it. Frank Demery almost hit in the peak of the cap for ball three. So three balls and one strike on Frank Demery can almost say there's a little bit of dusting off going but in as much as it's the first one that's been anywhere near a hitter I don't think we can play that safely the throwback from Luke Sewell was wide and uh, Mr. Kennedy had to walk out off the mound in order to pick the ball up in the infield nobody's going to have him at all here's the next pitch and it was right down the heart of the plate and Frank Demery let it go by for strike two so the string has run off at the end three balls and two strikes on Frank Demery the next pitch he hits it a high fly into short center field going back for it is the second baseman, the second baseman. Jackie Hayes took the fly and made the out. So it is one out in the last half of the second inning. Which brings Stanley Hack to bat. Stanley Hack coming to bat. The second hitter in the last half of the second inning for the Cubs. The score stands nothing to nothing. The Cubs at bat. Stanley Hack, the left-handed hitter. Batting 307 this year for the entire season. There's the lineup by Kennedy on the pitch. He hits it a ground ball run it the box. Kennedy takes it and throws it to Zeke Ben-Era for the, the second out in the second inning. So that was an out from Kennedy to Banura. For the second out in the second inning, which brings Gabby Hartman, that popular catcher to start who cuts the back. He seems to have a few defending notes about that popularity here in the chat, but nonetheless, uh, they must be from the south side where the little chill comes up there and they'll get in this year. Here's the first pick to Gabby Hartnett. And it is ball one. Inside and low to a right-handed hitter. Big Gabby Hartnett if he gets a hold of the dirt by one of those bleachers. The second hit, ball two. Mr. Kennedy's getting himself in a hole. Gabby Hartnett this year, incidentally, had a hitting average of 307. 307 Gabby Hartnett's batting average. Watch for his time. he has it, Blue and here's the pitch. Found it high into the first deck of the right field stand, right down back of first base. Had to fight a quite a scramble for the ball, just settle down now, somebody got it. The new ball was thrown out by the umpire, rubbing it up a little bit, get the shine off the ball, looking around the field. Incidentally, no men on base, two outs, two balls and one strike on Gabby Hartman. Here's the pitch by Kennedy. Started to swing at it, but stopped, goes back, he's ready to let it go by for a ball high and outside. For ball three and strike one. Three balls and one strike on Gabby Hartman. Here's the pitch. He swings and goes down, striking, striking out for the third out in the second inning. Well, he two He lines the next one out into right field. He'll have going back after it, and he makes the catch. For the third out. So Gabby Hawkins went out after all. Flying out to Mulehouse in right field. For the third out in the second inning. Making it no run, no hit, and no run. And that brings to bat in the first half of the third inning Jimmy Dykes, third baseman for the Chicago White Sox. And the third baseman is also the manager in this particular instance. There's Big Bill Lee warming up with O'Day. O'Day oh, warming up, Big Bill Lee, while Gabby Hartman, who was the last man to hit, gets on his catching Sox. Test protector and full Lee He seems to be doing himself a, a very nice warm-up out there. He hasn't missed the plate from five throws. There's a sixth throw right through the heart of the play. There goes out to second base, over to shortstop, over to third base, across the first and back to the pitcher. And here comes the bat for the White Sox in the first half of the third inning, Jimmy Dyke the third base already Big Field he gets his sign here is the windup and the pitch and he hits the first runner sure base hit out into right field and he pulls up at first base but Frank Temerine makes a quick throw in the second so that puts Jimmy Dyke on first base no right out the first half the third inning bringing to bat, Luke Sewell catcher for the Chicago White Sox side now. Jimmy Dykes on first base. Big Gilly winding up out there. Here's that stretch. He that the ball up to first on the pitch. And it is strike one, right down the heart of the plate. Looks as if Luke school was going to sacrifice that time to get Jimmy Dykes to second base, but it was a strike over the heart of the place that he let go by for a fall strike. So he looks at first base, pitches, and it is a, a hit right back to the pitcher through to second and it's a fast double play fast double play from Big Bill Lee, to Jackie Hayes, to Phil Cabaretta, to double, Jimmy Dice. So that makes it two outs in the first half of the second inning. A fast double play by Big Bill Lee. Bringing to bat, Vern Kennedy, the pitcher. winds it up and the pitch. He hit the ground ball down to the shortstop. And throws it across the first. Bill is stepping on first for the third out in the third inning for the White
0: Sox.
1: That makes it no run. One hit. No error. Bringing to bat in the last half of the third inning. Chicago Cubs coming to bat. And this is this the first game of the City Series between the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox? Bringing to bat Johnny Gill, left fielder for the Chicago Cubs. 261, 261 for Johnny Gill, he's a left-handed hitter. He's knocking the mud out of his spike, having been out there in the field, just coming in, and he is ready. Now fly third play ball, the warm-up is over, and now he's getting inside for the first pitch, and there it is. It is ball one, ball one, high and outside to the left-handed hitter. Brian Kennedy getting his next signal, The it right up, and he throws. Gill hits a high fly over into the second deck, how the left field fans Everybody craning around, moving as one man, but one ball and one strike on Johnny Gill. One ball and one strike. Here's the pitch, and it is high and outside for ball two, running the count to two and one. Two balls on one strike on Johnny Gill. Left field for the Chicago Cubs, That's in the last half of the third inning. Kennedy looking around the outfield, calling his fielders in a little bit. Here's the pitch. Start of the swing, stopped, and the ball was called and outside the ball three, making the count three and one. Three balls and one strike on Johnny Gill. Here's the next pitch, and he hits it. A short bound in the infield. Kennedy going over, he homers the ball, he can't get it, and Johnny Gill is safe at first base. With a little infield scratch hit, Johnny Gill arriving at first base. So that puts a man on first. Nobody out the last half of the third inning for the Chicago Cubs. Bringing to bat Bill Durgis, shortstop at the Chicago Cubs. It's already in the batter's box with Johnny Gill holding first base walking up there tapping on the plate Frank Kennedy knocking the mud out of his bike incidentally the field is very nice and dry there he is winding up and the pitch there's a high fly it looks as if it might be no it goes foul into the boxes back of third base so it's one strike on Bill Jurgis in the last half of the third inning one strike is the count the man on first and nobody out. Putting his glove back on out around the mound. He steps onto the rubber. Here's the pedal. Goes the first, but Gill is back in time very safely. Holding him very close as Johnny Gill is a very fast man. Any kind of a hit will get him to second. He's taking his lead off. There's the pitch. Right to front, and it was a strike. He very nearly missed it entirely, but just managed to dip it underneath the catcher's glove and went back to the screen for strike two. So it's two strikes on Bill Jurgis. Two strikes and no balls. Around the field out there, Baron Kennedy is. Where's Johnny Gill holding first base very close and he looks over there, holding him as close as he can. Here's the pitch. And it's another foul up into the upper deck of the stand. That's off third base, the right field stand. Cap <laughs> <laughs> fell all the way over the chair. and almost fell out of the upper deck trying to get that ball. Nonetheless, the ball game goes on as Ken- <laughs> he almost hung over the ledge that time. Trying to get down a bit of the boxes, but nothing extra. Here comes the pitch, and he strikes out. Strike three making it one out. Bill Jurgis stuck out. For one out, leaving Johnny Gill on first base. And that brings the back. Big goal The comes pitcher, And he's is hitting for himself. One out. Right-handed hitter. As he pitches. Kennedy is on the mound there. Stepping on to the rubber now, here's a cuddle, and a pitch, ball one, the ball gets away from Sewell, backing up the plate, but he manages to hold Gill on first base. Tideful to hit the ball out on that time, making out that he's thrown at the second. Kennedy back on the mound again, kicking the dirt around, watching first base, see that Gill doesn't have too big a lead. sorry he steps on the rubber, Gill takes his lead, and he throws back first. But Johnny gets back in time, so the Big Benora can't get him, and get him off for the second half. Here's the pitch, and it's another foul. A foul up under the screen back at home plate for Strike One. So it's ball one and Strike One on Big Bill Lee, the pitcher of the cut. Another ball is thrown out. Glenn Kennedy rubs it up. Watch his first base while he does, but well to keep Johnny Gill as close as he can. Not going to let him have any lead to get to second base if it's possible. Steps under the rubber. Here's the pitch. And still leaves, swings and hits it right out of the center field. Hits it in the center field with Larry Rosenfeld coming in fast and making the catch for the second down. So it's two out in the third inning for the Chicago White Sox. Leaving Johnny Gill on first base, only one hit so far. This is Johnny Gill, incidentally, with the first hit off of Brent Kennedy. The no hits made off of, uh there was one hit made off of Big uh, Bill Lee. Here's Kennedy's first pitch to Alki Galan, And it is ball one. Ball one, low and outside to a left-handed hitter. Winding up. Here's the pitch. And it is ball two, high and outside to a left-handed hitter. It's a loss of control. Pitching off Golan. Off land up with two men out. Johnny Gill on first base. Kennedy watching for his time from the mound out there. He has it, looks at first base. Gill takes his lead. Throws <laughs> so very listen to play over to Zeke Benora, and uh, Johnny Gill has plenty of time to get back and not even close. Watching it, here's the pitch. And it is low. For ball well, three, three balls and no strikes on Augie Colant. Center fielder, the Chicago Cuts, who has an average this year, 265. Here's the pitch. And it is strike one. Let that one go by without even swinging at it, hoping it might be a ball four. Going to be lifted first. Steps down the rubber. Here's the pitch. And it is ball two. Oh, correction. Ball four. And he gets the base on balls. Putting Augie Galan on first base. Moving Bill Turgis. Or Johnny Gill, correction. Johnny Gill to second base. Second base on that. Base on ball for Augie Gallant. And that brings Phil Cabaretta, first baseman, to bat. Ben Kennedy on the mound, getting his sign with two men on, two men out. Here's the pitch, and he swings at the high flight across center field. Center field right Larry Rosenthal, running in on it. And it was, the catch was made by Luke Toole, who also was strong for. Correct, not Luke Sewell, no, Luke Apple. You don't mind if we put him out there in shortstop. It was Luke Affleck out there, who made the catch for the third out, retiring the that. So it's three outs, no runs, one hit, and no error. Two men left on... And now, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the third inning, the Cubs and the White Sox are tied nothing to nothing. Nothing to nothing is the score... That bring the White Sox to bat. First man at bat in the first of the four is Rip Ratkiff. left fielder and leadoff man for the White Sox, has an average this year of 3.35. Rip Ratkiff coming up to bat, knocking the mud out of his strike for so the score, nothing to nothing stepping up there, and Big Bill Lee is on the mound, he has his time. Gabby Hartman behind the bat. Here's the windup for the first pitch, and he throws, and it is ball one. Over the plate, but high, for ball one, called on Rip Radcliffe. steps out of the box for minute, and he steps back in again. Here's that swinging windup on the pitch. He hits it, it's a ground ball down to Bill Cabaretta, Cabaretta running over, throws it to Bill Lee, and it's out. One out in the first half of the fourth inning. Cabaretta taking the... Hit going to big Bill Lee who covered first. So it is one out, first half of the fourth inning. That brings to bat Larry Rosenthal, center fielder of the White Sox, left handed hitter. Here's the wind up for the first pitch. And the throw, he hits it. It's a base hit out to right field. A base hit to right field, a quick throw in, holds him at first. Oh, the ball got by Kathy Hartnett came clear into the plate when Still Cabaretta missed the throw that was made from Frank Demarede, missed the throw. But Gabby Hartman received quick enough to hold Larry on the first base. She didn't have time to advance the second, although it was a very wild throw. So it didn't cost anything for the cops on that wild throw from Frank Demarede, Still Cabaretta, which was backed up by Gabby Hartman. So that puts one man on base, a single, putting Larry Rosenthal on first with Neil Haas at back. First one is back run is strike one a foul. Foul to the left of the plate. And a nice long lead off there with that one. One out. Now he rolls the ball on first. he We'll hawk to that. Here's the wind up for the next pitch. Okay, a base goes to second. And it's, well, we can't tell. They haven't called the thing yet. Yes, it's a caught off second. On that hit to stop the plate. And through to Jackie Hayes at second to cut down for the second out. Hart credited with a hit he is on first base. And that brings Zig Benoit at that. First baseman of the White Sox. Here's the pitch. And it is high and inside. Well, it wasn't inside. It caught the inside corner for strike one. It was high, but it was strike one. One strike on Zig Benoit. Here's the windup up and the pitch. He hits it he's double play, double out at second base. Buell hot in going down to second, was caught by Jackie Hayes when Jurgis caught that short infield hit of Luke Aplow for Zeke Benores and threw to second, getting hot as he went to second from first. But so three outs. bring Billy Herman, second baseman of the Chicago Cubs, first man up, face Vernon Kennedy. He has it here at the wall at the pitch, and it's a high fly to court center field. Center fielder Rocky Galland coming in, calls for it, and makes the catch for the first out. So it's one out. The last half. I better get the right field, right team out there in the field, don't you think? It was Larry Rosenfall that made that catch, incidentally, Center field, and that brings to bat Frank Demaree. At that. Here's the windup, and the pitch. And it is strike one right down the heart of the plate. Strike Gemery. One strike. Here's the pitch. And it is strike two. Right in the same place. Strike Gemery seems to be just a bit put out about that. He thought that was the ball. But anyway, it's two strikes. Here's the wind up and the pitch. He swings. It's a hit out in the center field. Maya Rosenbell coming in, calling for it, and he makes the catch. Two outs in the last half of the fourth inning for the White for the Cubs. Two outs. left handed hitter. They're hitting 298 through the end of the season this year. He's up there waiting for the first pitch. Kennedy watches for his time. He has it. There's that swing and the pitch. He hits it. Going down the left field line, but back into the stand for a ball. For a foul. Strike one. Strike one on Stanley Hack. There's a new ball thrown out by the school and the fire. Kennedy roughing it up. Johnny on the mound to watch the first time. Steps onto the rubber and it throws. It it's low and outside. Very low and outside. The practice the school had to dig it out of the dirt. So it's ball one and strike one on Stanley Hack. Now the low and outside. four ball two. Running to count through two balls and one strike. There's the windup again. game settles the ball in front of the pitch. Well, that was so high, The Luke had to jump into the air to catch it. Making it three balls in one strike. And Kennedy walks across the plate and right out to the edge of the mound. the stool. Can't seem to get a hold of that ball this afternoon. Kicking the dead about out in front of the mound. Back up onto the mound, got his foot on the rubber. Watching for his time. Here's the windup and the throw. And it is strike two. Running the count out to the end. Bring it run out to the end. Three balls and two strikes. On Stanley Hatch with two outs. There's the pitch, and he hits it. Going out toward left field. Back into the stands for no count. Oh, that was because the man tried to catch it, stepped up out of the bar, protecting the seat. Fell right on his head, coming up with the ball, but he made it. he yes, made the catch. going to make Larry Rose throw rip right there. Get up on their toes. All right, here's the next one, the is out to the end, and it is ball four. Ball four, and Stanley Hack gets the base on ball. Putting him on first base with two out in the last half of the fourth inning. Two out, bringing Gabby Harkness. to the back, Gabby's getting a nice hand from the fans as they walk slowly the up to the face. Just a deep on tap, cap. looking out there, makes a few signs, Just a little bit of talking to Vern Kennedy. Nothing on the plate there about ready now. Steps into the batter's box. Kennedy roughs the down a little bit to get a better foothold home. he steps onto the rubber. Watch his first base to throw and it is ball one. Low and inside to Gabby Hartman. Two out in the last half of the fourth inning has scored nothing to nothing. Stanley Hack on first base. Last man on first. He's taking his lead off first down. As Kennedy steps on the mound he throws back to first and Hack gets back in time so this is no count for the count on Gabby Hartman. Now is one ball and no strike. He throws it to hit right through the box back into the center field. He throws first and Gabby is out. for the third out, retiring the side. With no runs, no hits, and no errors. At the end of the fourth and One man left on base. And got on base from a walk. That was Stanley Hack. And the fans, as he walked well up today. top, looking out there, makes a few signs, puts a little bit of traffic, to we Kennedy. Grabbing on the play turn, just about ready now. Steps into the batter's box, Kennedy rucks up the mound a little bit, to get a better trip home, he steps onto the rubber, drop his first base slow. And, and it is well done. Low and inside to Gabby Huck. Two out, last half the fourth inning, it's going nothing to nothing. Finally hacked on first base. The fast man on first, He's taking his lead off first down. That's going to be flipped on the mound. He throws back to first and hacked gets back the time. So this is no count. So the count on Gabby Hartman now is one ball and no strike. He throws the second. hit right through the box back into the center field. He throws first and Gabby is out for the third out, retiring the side With no runs, no hits, and no errors. At the end of the fourth and... One man left on base. And got on base from a walk. That was Stanley Hack. So far, Mr. Kennedy has allowed only one hit, whereas Dick Bill Lee has allowed two hits so far. Now Bill Lee is out on the mound there warming up with Gooby Groove, who's got the first half of the fifth inning. First man of bat in the first half of the fifth inning is the batting champion of both leagues this year, Luke Aplin. Short stop, which is called the White Bill Billy wiring up, pitching out there for his warm up. Taking a little bit of time as Gabby Hartman, which the last time and has to take time to get his catching cards on. There he comes out, He's backing down behind the plate as Blue Captain comes to bat. First half of the fifth inning is four, nothing to nothing. There's Billy at first pitch, he winds up in the throw. And it is strike one, catching the inside corner, strike one, one strike, the next pitch, he throws, and it is low and inside, missing the inside corner this time for ball one, one ball and one strike, the count on Luke Apling, both stops, the white box is the cover, and the pitch, he throws, the exit at the bottom of the shot, oh, foul ball, foul ball down the left. Field line, back to third base. Bringing Luke Appling back to, to resume his inning. While Gabby Hartman steps into the batter's box and goes through the pantomime of hitting against Vern Kennedy, which he successfully did last time, but due to the lack of speed, didn't make first base. Finally, Hartnett to third out at second. Luke Appling coming back. Now he has his guy stepping into the batter's box. So two strikes and one ball on Luke Appling. At that in the first half, the fifth inning it's four, nothing to nothing. Two strikes and one ball. Here's the wind up, the cover, and the pitch. He fouls it from high, back over the roof of the second deck of the stands to the right of first gate. So, still, two strikes and one ball on Luke Applin. Rubbing up the new ball out there, lining up. Here's the pitch. And it's low on inside. I had to jump right to get away from that one. Here's the wind up. Well, Ball is out in under the screen, back of the plate. Leaving the count as 2 and 2. Two balls and two strikes on Luke Kaplan. Luke ball is thrown in. Running it up a little bit. Big ball, looking around the field. Looking at everybody's in position. The sun has come out very brightly now. And there's a very listless wind blowing. And it's really bright. Here's the pitch. And it is ball three. Making a count three balls and two strikes. Running the string out to the end on Luke Aplin. First time at that. In the first half of the fifth inning, here comes the next pitch. He throws, and it is ball four. Ball four. Luke Appling gets the first Left to first base. Walks to first base, putting a man on first with nobody out. The first half of the fifth inning, and that brings the bats. Jackie Hayes, second base, with the ball in five hot shot. Right-handed hitter. Big Dildy getting his sign from the mound, watching first base. He throws. It's Luke makes second base, Browns up the third but goes back. As Johnny Gill makes a last over the third base. So it's a single, a single to left field by Jackie Hayes. Putting Jackie Hayes on first, and Luke Captain on second base. The man on first and second, nobody out. The first half of the fifth inning, we score nothing to nothing. And that brings to bat Jimmy Knight. Third baseman and manager, of the girl, the right White the right hand to hit The runners are taking our lead on first and second. As they go, gets his time from the catcher. He's ventured. All wind up and he goes. He's going to punt, but it was a ball. High and it. High and inside to a right-handed hitter. And it's one ball. on am Jimmy Dyke. Nobody out in the pitch inning. Steps down to the rubber. They can take their lead again. He the round. Steps off the rubber again. As they take too long a lead, they run back. Drag up the base. That there's a And the pitch. Was iron outside the ball two. Ball two on Jimmy Dykes. First man at bat, man on first and second. Nobody out on the first half of the fifth inning. Four nothing to nothing. There's a fly the first base right line. That runner from first goes. Oh, hit the runner! The last time he's taking second. There comes the man in. And that scores to after with Jackie Hayes going to third base. And Jimmy Dykes making second base with the front, which was taken by Phil Cabaretta and thrown to Big Bill Lee, covered first base, hit the runner in the arm as it was thrown in. So he got to second base, putting runners on second and third, nobody out. Taking Jackie Hayes to third base, Jimmy Dykes to second on that front. Might be an error on the throw. That goes to bat. Luke Sewell, catcher. First ball is ball one. Ball two, they're walking him on purpose. Ball two, here's the next one. Ball three. And the next one will be high and wide also. Ball four to pull the bases off as a chance of a double play. One, one, half. Jackie Hayes on third base. Jimmy Dyke on second base. And Luke Sewell on third base. Loading the bases. And that brings to bat Brent Kennedy. Nobody out in the first half of the first inning. One run home. There he is, left-handed hitter. Here's the windup and the pitch. Well, and outside. Ball one. Base is loaded. Nobody out. One run home in the first half of the first inning. Getting inside. Here's the pitch. Swing and misses. strike one. Making the count one and one. One ball and one strike. One run home, the first half of the fifth inning. The White Cross leading the Cubs one to nothing. Here's the pitch. He hits it It's up, stopped, 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 up. to picks it up. Goes the first. And the man is out making one run. That's Jackie Hayes' for the second. Four Advancing Jimmy Dice to third base. And putting Luke Sewell on second base. With one man out. Frank Kennedy sacrificing. One man out. Two runs home. Out, bringing to that Larry Fielder, to the right, Larry Rosenthal. ball to the right Larry Rosenthal. A home run into the right field features by the Ripper. The Ripper came through and they needed it. Didn't need it so badly with one, but anyway, if they needed it. Oh. Larry Rosenthal. This the first one, it looks as like might be out of the box, but it's foul. It went back there, just this side of the wall, out of right field, outside of the right field line. Oh, so it's one strike. Larry Rose, back one, one man out, five runs home, nobody on base, stepping out of the batter's box for a minute, get his instruction. Stepping back in now, there he is with one strike, stepping up and Big leaves getting his sign, he has his sign, here's the wind up. And the fish, he swings and hits it almost in the same place, this time it's going high and into the sands. That's into the stand for strike two. high-long foul for strike two on Larry center field of, of the White Sox. That's two strikes. One man out. Five runs home from the fifth inning. Big Bill Lee rubbing up the ball. Trying to get a sign down there that he to be effective. Looking at Gabby Hartner, watching him. He has his sign, He's swinging lined up. And the throw. He hits this one. A safe hit. Well, it wasn't a safe hit. It went right straight out there to Jackie Hayes. He's good it to Cavaretta, and he's out. There it goes around the field. That's the second out. But so two men out. Two men out. Last half. The first half of the fifth finish to the White Sox. The five runs home. And that brings the bat. Neil Haas. Right field to the White Sox. He hits the first one. Down goal. The pitcher's head. Jurgis catches it. Throws to first, and Cavaretta... Makes the out for the third out in the first half of the fifth inning. In the last half of the fifth inning, coming to bat for the Cubs, brings Johnny Gill, the first man up. Johnny Gill, the first man up for the Cubs. Left handed hitter. Been hitting on this year. John Kennedy on the mound. Getting his sign. Here's the wind up. The throw. And hit it is ball one. High outside. The left handed hitter. Johnny Gill, a left handed hitter for the Cubs. Here's the throw. Right one. One ball and one strike on Johnny Gill. First man up in the last half of the fifth inning for the Cubs. The White Sox leading by a score of 5-0. Here's the pitch. And it's low and outside for ball two. Two balls and one strike on one side on Johnny Gill. First man up in the fifth inning. It's way. The pitch. And it's a high fly into center field. Lecapling running back, calling for it. And he makes the catch for the first out of the fifth inning. With one out. swinging. Bill Jurgis, the back. Bill Juergens, right-handed hitter, stepping up into the plate. Kennedy looking around the field. Calling his men around a little bit. A right-handed hitter, here's the pitch. And it's a high fly into the upper deck the right field stand for strike one. One strike on Bill Jurgis. With one out in the fifth inning. There's a new ball by Kennedy, who rubs it up. Take the shine off of a little bit. Looking around the outfield. Right front of the rubber, he gets his time that swinging limer, shuttle and the pitch. And it's right back to Steve Kennedy. Caught it right in front of him and through the first for the second out. He didn't have to move off the mound. It was right smack into his hand. That brings we'll the that fully to the pitcher. There'll be a pinch for Lee this time, I believe. And both bullpen warming up for to the touch. Next try, Having four leagues. And ball down, get away from that one. It was ball one. and inside. Right across the shoulders. He had to base on being hit with a bit. ball. Here's the next throw. Fouls that one. So ball one and strike one. Right up onto the screen in front of it. Ball one and strike one. On Lillard. New ball's going out from the pitcher. Rubbing it up now. So the count is one and one. Two men out. No run home. White Sox leading five to nothing. Let at that. You throw and it is ball two. Two balls and one strike on Willard. Here's the windup. And the next pitch. It's a high ball up onto the screen. Maybe it won't hit the screen. Or it's back into the boxes just to be right of the screen. Since be quite kind of a couple down there for the ball. Looks cool. to catch it. Running back, snapping off his last button. No go. Oh, a new ball is thrown out as they fight over that old one down there. Brent Kennedy, dropping it up a little bit. walking up the mound, let get a full hold there on the rubber. Watching for his sign, so it's two and two on Team Lillard. Right-handed hitter, two out. Here's the wind up with the pitch. Ball three, running the ground out of the end, three and two. Three balls and two strikes on Dean Lillard. Keep getting four, big building. Ball goes back off the mouth, walks the first sign. and still with the crawling over a little bit. It's getting a little bit cooler up there. There's the pitch. And it is low and inside for ball Now And Lillard takes the base on ball. And that brings the back, Augie Galland. Augie Galland, who has lied out once and had one base on ball so far in this game. Lillard on first base on a walk. Here's the lineup for the first pitch to Augie Galland. Lillard on third base as well. And it's Outside corner for strike one. One strike on Walker of Galland. up. Lead out. A pitch. Hit the in back of the plate The ball one. So low, that it hits the hit third back of the plate. So the count is one and one. One ball and one strike on Walker of One man on, two men out. back leading by a ball outside to nothing. Leonard on first base. is back. Try to gill out. No Jerk is out. And then back down to the mark. Kennedy, wrapping it up again. Can't seem to be satisfied with that rubber there. Left in again, watch it first, to throw, head by hit, right straight through the box, out of the center field. Lillard down in second, out of here to third. Quick throw into second, hold, Lillard, Holds augie at first. That's a single to center field, Augie-Galane, advancing Lillard to third base. So men on first and third, two men out, bringing the back. Bill Cavaretta, first baseman of the Cotsman, with an average of 273. It's the final score of The run. Left-handed hitter, Bill Cavaretta. Looking around the infield at Kennedy, trying to hold the land field. Here's the pitch, and it is high and outside for ball one. One ball on Bill Cavaretta. Watching for their time, left onto of the rubber. Runner are take their lead. Here's the pitch. Added it's all well two also high on outside over the outside corner to a left-handed hitter generally looking around the outfield out there watching the runners on their bases trying to hold them close looks at first. looks at third here's a pitch it's a high fly out into right field right fielder here half coming on in. makes the catch for the third out so it's no run one hit Basis. Now, ladies and gentlemen, while we take a little bit of rest as the uh, White House come to bat in the first half of the sixth inning with uh, good old Dick Sonora at bat, I'm going to turn you over now to, here he is, George, you, work, you watch this. Okay, George? No, no, thank you. I'm drinking up all of your coffee, Fred, so I maybe mean, we can get these pipes. Uh, Frank Charles is now pitching for the Cubs, ladies and gentlemen, replacing Bill Lee, who had a little tough luck by virtue of that ripping home run by Ripper Radcliffe that scored the four runs, putting the Sox in the lead five to nothing for the Cup. Looks like Mr. Benore is the first man up for the White Sox. Zeke Benore, the first baseman for the White Sox, while Tex Carlton and Gabby Hart- Hartnett are throwing the ball back and forth, getting Tex warmed up. Ball goes out to second base. Missed, incidentally, out into center field. The boys are having a little fun. Zeke Noor is going to try to redeem himself now. He hasn't done so much today. But when that boy gets a hold of the baseball, it really goes for a ride. Am I right, Fred? All right. Now, you keep scoring these things now while I describe this play. Take Carl on the mound. There's the stretch and the pitch. Wide for ball one. Ball one on Zeke Venora. And again, he burns one down, and he strike one, one and one on Mr. Benora. Went right through, <laughs> went right through Gabby Harden at that time for ball two, ball two and strike one on the hitter. Jack Carlton wrapping up the ball a little bit, reaches for the rousing bag, see if he can't put something on this time to fool this man Benora. Two balls and one strike on Z. And it's three balls on Mr. Benora. Three balls and one strike. And the pitch. And Mr. Benora takes a walk for himself. Tex think seems to have a little difficulty out there with that right arm that is today, kind of favoring a little bit. Luke Affling, luscious Luke is the bat now, and the pitch, and it's ball one. Speaking on first base, no outs and the score five to nothing for the Southsiders. Next Carlton getting a signal, the stretch, watching first base, and the pitch. And it's ball two on Luke Affling sun comes out intermittently, and makes it a little uh, more like baseball weather instead of football. The peak for the signal, and here is the pitch. Strike one and ball two on Luke Kaplan. Zeke Menor still hugging first base. Getting his signal now, takes Carlton is. Stretch, and the pitch, and there goes Zeke Menor down to second. And he is out. I'll try to steal second. For the first out on the Sox in the first half of the sixth inning. Zeke wasn't quite fast enough for that one. He made a nice slide. But the second baseman, uh, Billy Harmon, nailed him as he slid in. So it's one out. And Abling is still at bat for three balls. And a nice single right between short and second. It's picked up by... Augie Gallant at center, and let's see who's next. Jackie Hayes, the second baseman for the White Sox. At bat, one out, and Lou Gatling, by virtue of a single, is on first base. Jackie Hayes, the batter's box swinging that bludgeon. Jack Carlton ready to pitch. Here it comes, and it's strike one. Strike one on Jackie Hayes. After Luke uh, Appling on first base, and one out. And a foul. Foul hit the ground, and went back to the catcher into the screen. Pulling Luke back to first base. Next Charlton, getting his signal from Gabby Hartnett. Jackie Hayes at the plate ready to swing on this one, if it's a good one? And that was an underhand burner that came in there from Texcarland. And uh, Mr. Jackie Hayes is walking toward the dugout by virtue of three strikes. So it's two out. Luke appling on first base. Two out in the first half of the sixth for the white side. With manager Jimmy Dykes coming to back. The fighting manager of the south side, and there goes... Four. Luke, in stealing second that time, collided with uh, Billy Herman, and Billy dropped the ball. So we believe that Mr. Uh, yes he is. Luke Apling is safe, in stealing second base. Two out, Luke Apling on second, and manager Jim at bat with one ball. Jimmy Dykes at bat. Greg Carlson pitching. One ball and one strike. And getting his sign from Gabby Hardnett as the pitch, and it was letter high. Seemed to me it cut the corner onto the plate, but it was strike two, strike two, and ball one. Luke Appling on second base by virtue of a steal. Ball two, ball two, and strike two. There's the stretch, and here comes the pitch. Underhand, and strike three for the third half. That's it, Mr. Carlton has turned that one in underhand, and Jimmy Dykes took a wild roundhouse swing and then dropped the bat and went right over it and got ready to go right back to work. So it's the last half of the six with the Cubs coming fast, and... Uh, Yes, Gabe Herman. Uh, not P Herman, pardon me, Billy Herman. I wrote Billy Herman down here so I wouldn't get a mixed Herman. Billy Herman, the second baseman, coming to bat for the Cubs. In the last half of the sixth inning, with the score still five and nothing. Vernon Kennedy pitching for the Cubs. Luke Sue behind the plate. Boy's talking it up down there, throwing the ball around the infield. Well, I see Fowler's coffee over here, so excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Well, i take it to my mother, George kind of chilly up here. Well, the umpire's left off the plate. We're getting ready to play some baseball now. Billy Herman at bat. Last half of the sixth inning, score uh, 5 to nothing for the White Sox. Kennedy ready to pitch. He's getting his time from Sewell, and here it comes. Right over the heart of the plate for strike one. Strike one on Billy Herman. Ball one. He's just about ready to strike at that, but stop better of it and let it go. So it's ball one and strike one on Billy Herman. Ball two on Billy Herman. Ball two. And no strikes on Bill Herman. Ball three on Billy Herman. Mr. Kennedy seems to have lost the reins there momentarily. Looking around the infield now. Getting a sign from Luke Sewell, and here's the pitch. And Billy Herman walks. Billy Herman walks in the last half of the sixth inning. Frank Demery is at bat. Frank Demery is a dangerous hitter, and now is his chance to do something. The Cubs expect to get in scores to kind of show these outsiders that this is Wrigley field. Kennedy getting a sign from Sewell and the pitch. Ooh boy. Frank Emery had to pull away from that one. Ball one. Ball one on Frank Emery. Billy Herman on first base by virtue of a walk. Ball two. Ball two on Frank Emery. Pulling his cap down over his eyes, getting his sign from Luke Sewell and the stretch. Oh close to first base and. Billy Harman beats the throw, not having been very far away from the sack. Again the pitch. Strike one. Strike one, ball two. On um, Frank Demery, the right fielder for the Cubs. The pitch. And a right... Eight. Uh-uh. Uh, not quite a double play. That ball was hit sharply to Zeke Minura on first base, about three feet inside the uh, first base line, and he threw the second, a double... Billy Herman, but couldn't quite get it back to first base, so Mr. Dembry is safe at first with one out. They looked for a minute that it might have been a double play, but leaked too high to the second baseman, and he couldn't get it back to him. So it's one out, and Stanley Hack at bat, a left-handed hitter. Brown is warming up for the White Sox out in the right field bullpen. Mike Demory at first base and Stanley Hack at bat. One and one is the count on Stanley Hack. One and one. The stretch and the pitch. And Hatch. Oh, Hatch hit a nice right over third base out into left field. However, holding holding Demory to second. A nice, sharp single out into left, right over the third base. And holding Demory at second. That is made by our friend, Mr. Stanley Hack with Gabby Hartnett coming to bat. Oh, Gabby. The one out, and man on first and second. The last right side of the pick. Gabby took a wild round out swing at that and just shifted back onto the screen. On first, Emery on second, and Gabby Hartman at bat. With strike one. Strike one on Gabby Hartman. Kennedy watching for the sign. Evidently, it's satisfactory. And here's the pitch. Gabby fouls one out to the right, and it's taken by Zeke Benora. A nice catch by Zeke Benora, right over in front of the shortstop. So it's two outs, and Johnny Gill at bat. Two out, Johnny Gill at bat. Demery on second, Stanley on first. Johnny Gill, left-handed hitter. Boy so has done some nice things with that bat at times. Now is his chance to show that it's still in good shape. Kennedy, however, pitching a very nice game today, getting out of some tight spots. So here we go, two out, man on first and second, and the last half for six. With the Sox leading five to nothing. The pitch and he swings for strike one strike one on johnny gill kennedy getting ready now where's the pitch johnny falls one back here in the lower deck and there's a man there's been more mad scrambles with all balls out here today i think fred explained a few minutes ago about a over here to our left that took a nose dive right over the uh, lower deck boxes there but right on his head trying to hit a ball there we are man on first and second two out got to be pitching and Johnny Gill at that. and he right in two. Luke Appling's hands all the third out so there's uh, two men left on bases that ball just all uh, all Lusher's blue cabling had to do was just kind of bend down and it landed right this. So here we go into the first half of the seventh. With the white flag leading five to nothing. Tech Carlton's pitching now for the cuts. Gabby Harden still catching and of course all uh, Chicago fans, both south side and north side, are standing up with the Oh, well, the George tells this is the south side stretch now. Well, where is the north side? The got a band of boys warming up target up out there. Those five runs are getting to look awfully, awfully big for the Sox. Warming up with Gabby. And the first man at bat for the White Sox in the first half of the seventh is Luke Sewell. Sewell at bat. Mr. Luke Sewell, who wears number forty, cleaning off his spikes will just a little bit muddy out there, although the ground's in excellent condition for the rain that we've had. Getting ready, there's the pitch, and wow, he gets a hold of a nice one, and it goes right into the arms of Dennery. Well, the hands of Dennery, rather, what do we think this is, football? Nice hand of Ellen Kennedy, she comes to bat, he's a nice game, today. It is first, of course, with a couple of hoots and hollers. Nevertheless, that hands to Vernon Kennedy, who faces Tex Carlton and the pitch. And he swings for strike one. Strike one on Vernon Kennedy. And he hits one shot down to second base. And he is out. The being taken by Billy Herman. So it's two out now. Kennedy both went out, two were flying out to memory, and Kennedy to, uh, to, uh, to Billy Hammond. That brings up Ripper Ratcliffe, the boy that's not uh, high right off the ball here not so long ago out in the center field reaches, putting those four runs across. Ball two on Ripper Ratcliffe. And he gets a hold of another one, it's a sharp one, but it is being taken by Johnny Gill so that retires aside side the first half of the 7th inning now we're going to see how good a guest George is yes he defense, he's right now comes the north side stretch well 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 yeah north side stretch now in the last half of the 7th Bill Jurgis is the first man at bat for the Jordan. He plays a very nice game, the shortstop. Kennedy warming up in Luke Ball going out of the, the infield. Boys talking it up out right there, rubbing their hands, getting a little warm. It's not very warm today, and it only comes out very stingily. Kennedy on the mound, getting ready to pitch. The hitter is Bill Jurgis, shortstop for the Cubs. And the stretch and the pitch. It's tag one. Tag one on Billy Jurgis. And that uh, crack went right to Kennedy, and the man comes up with it, and he is out. That was a nice ball taken by Epling on a very, very fast bounce and thrown to manure for, uh, putting Billy Jurgis right out of the picture. And Tex Carlton at bat. Tex Carlton, a cup pitcher. That's left handed against the right-handed pitching of Vernon Kennedy. Ball one, on textiles. Ball one. Throwing that ball out of the game, tossing a new ball, and Sewell is roughing it up a little bit for Kennedy. And back it goes to the pitching box, but the Kennedy puts his mark of a claim on it, and the stretch, and here it comes. 6 out. Ball 3 on the second Oh, well. Oh, I'm sorry. Ball two and strike one. I missed that one. And Pike gets a hold of a high flyer that goes out to left center. And is taken by Ratwick. And it is two outs. Turkey can land a for the country. The last half of the set. Two outs. No runs, no hits, and no errors. Kennedy's very stingy with his hits today. In fact, he's pitching a very, very swell game on the side. Strike one. Strike one and ball two on Augie Galan in the last half of the seven. Oh, that one looked like a ball from here, but the umps called it a strike, and it cut the inside corner of the plate. And Augie Galan made a feeble attempt at that last one. He just kind of wishy-washy, and it was the third strike, so it's three outs. But we're coming into the first half of the eighth inning, and that score of five to nothing looks bigger and bigger all the time. Fred, will you give me just a little sip of that coffee? Why? I guess not. Thank you. It's awfully nice of you. Coffee just gave gave out all of it. Next Carlton on the mound. Gabby yeah, Hartnett behind the plate. The boy's tossing the ball around in the center field. me a little warm. That was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> what? No coffee? Score, five to nothing for the Sox coming in the first half of the eighth inning, and we find at bat Larry Rosenthal. This boy used to do a lot of baseball for St. Paul's, you know that, Fred? Larry Rosenthal at bat. Carlton getting the sign, and here is the pitch. And Larry gets a hold of one, it's a short fly in. Ooh, ooh, ooh. that's a single. And it's a but he pulled the ball that time. That was a kind of just a Texas leaguer. He dropped into left center. I don't know what was the matter with with Johnny Gill. He seemed to hesitate. and just let that ball file, uh, land right in front of him, and it developed into a two-bagger for Larry. So we had a man on second base with no outs. And Mule Hawes at bat. Mule Hawes at bat. That was a funny one. Two try to lay down the front now and get this man Larry Rosenhall over, Larry Rosen over to third. Strike two, or strike one and ball one. I can't get over that one, Ben. An old Texas leaguer. Johnny Gill just stood there and looked at it drop in front of him, and the man winds up second base. Larry's off his patch on the bags anyway. Man on second. And he swung about, and it was a foul pitch back of the catcher. So two strikes and ball one on Mule Here's the stretch. And the pitch. And Mr. Mule goes right back to the dugout by virtue of standing there watching the third strike go by. One out. One out, Larry Wilson's all on second. And we have Zeke Minora at that. One ball. Monty Stratton is over there in the right field, full pen warming up for the Sox. Zeke Menorah at bat. Ball one on Zeke. Ball two on Zeke. Larry Rosenfeld still on second base, taking a little lead. And it's one out of the score five to nothing for the White Sox in the first half of the eighth inning. Ball two and strike one on Zeke Menorah. That looks big enough, enough to knock this ball right out of the park. Underhanded pitch from Tex Carlton, and it is strike two. That looks kind of forcing disapproval of that one. Southriders, of course. And there's back down on the ground, and he is out. Texas uh, got a little something on that ball. They're breaking very sharply over the outside corner, and they're still good. So it's now. Two out, and Luke Apling at bat. Oh boy, that's the leader of both leagues in batting this year. Larry Rosenfall still on second. Another one of those underhanded plants from Tex Carlton. 4 ball one on Luke Apling. And Luke gets a hold of one and fouls it out to the right, almost to the bullpen. Strike one and ball one on Luke Epling. Two out, Larry Rosenthal on second. Score five to nothing for the White Sox. Tex Garden pitching now, replacing Phil Lee, who started the game. And it is ball two and strike one. Ball two and strike one on the hitter. That was just lopped over. A very slow ball just barely made the plate. Thanks. Rubbing the Roger bag now on the ball and getting ready. To ball three and strike one on Luke Apling. And it's strike two. Well, this has got to be good one way or the other. There he was. two on second base. And two out. Ball four on Luke Sewell. I mean, uh, you know, Luke, Luke Apling. What am I talk about, Luke Sewell? Jackie Hayes, second baseman, for the stop at bat. And it's ball one. Jackie Hayes has a rather peculiar stance at the plate with his left leg stuck way out in front of the right, just as though he's going to whale the daylights out of it. Strike one and ball one on Jackie Hayes. Larry Rosenthal still on second base. And Luke Apling on first by virtue of a walk. Man on first and second. Score five to nothing. First half of the eighth inning. Score five to nothing. Favor the Sox. The stretch and the pitch, and he gets a hold of one and right smack that into uh, Billy Herman Smith. So these man on first and second. Three outs. No runs. No hits. No errors. Oh, I your you part. That one hit. I missed that. Now we go into the first, uh, the last half of the eighth inning, with the top down the bat was Bill Cavareta. Bill the first baseman, at bat. Uh, Kennedy pitching a very nice ball game out there today, and so is Tex Cobb. Well, Fred Fowler tells me that Kennedy's only allowed four hits hits in the ball game is not bad. With a lead of five to nothing, he's in a very nice spot. Cabrera back. Going to be getting a sign for at Cabrera batting left-handed, of course. And here is the pitch. And Bill takes a hold of one and slams it right out into the mitt of our friend Bill Hawks. So it it's one out. Nice hit ball. The just ran about twenty feet it for the first out. One out. And Billy Herman at bat. Billy Herman, right-handed hitter. Kennedy gets the sign, and there it is. And it is strike one. Right over the heart of the plate. Ball one, ball one and strike one on Billy Herman. Top of the eighth inning. And Billy takes a wicked swing at that one, but fouled it out to the left. it was picked up by manager Charlie Grimm, who is now on third base coaching. Mr. Rackett took care of that in great shape. There's the pitch. Strike one on Demery. Out over the heart of the plate. Little to the outside. And the pitch. Strike two, right in the same place. Cut that place just a little to the outside then about waist high. Ball one. Ball one and strike two on Frank Deppery. Frank digging in with his strikes there to get a foothold. As much as to say, well, boys, look out for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a good foothold and... Uh, oh, he's digging out. He found something. Well, now we'll see. That probably helped matters. I'm glad we get a hold of this one. Emory at that two strikes and ball one. (laughs) Kennedy crossed him up that time by throwing a very, very slow ball, and Frank almost broke his back. A foul tip. Two outs. two strikes, and ball one. And the booze is set up. Kennedy completely crossed him that time. Turned in a fast one, four, ball two. Ball two and strike two on Frank Emery. A pitch. Ball three. Well, now would we see if Frank, by digging that little rock out of there, did himself any good. Three and two now, two out, and the pitch. And he wails one. Now, went foul. Looked fair for a while, but went foul in the extreme end of the left field boxes. Almost out to the wall. But still a few strikes, and three balls on Frank Emery. Last half of the eighth inning. The Fox leading five. The score of five looks pretty big, doesn't it, Freddie? And the pitch, and the pitch. And he gets a hold of one, and right smack that into baby, uh, Billy Herman Smith. I on first and second. Three outs, no runs, no hits, no errors. Oh, I beg your pardon, that one hit, I that. Now we go into the first, the last half of the eighth inning with the tough coming to pass was Bill Cavaretta. Bill Cavaretta, first baseman at bat. Kennedy pitching a very nice ball game out there today. And so is Tex
0: Cobb.
1: Old Fred Fowler tells me that Kennedy's only allowed four hits. Four hits in the ballgame is not bad. With a lead of five to nothing, he's in a very nice spot. Cabaretta at the bat. Kennedy getting a sign from Luke at Cabaretta batting left-handed, of course. And here is the pitch. And Bill takes a hold of one and slams it right out into the midst of our friend Jill Hawks. So it's one out. Nice hit ball, the Jules just ran about 20 feet. Took it for the first out. One out. And Billy Herman at bat. Billy Herman, right-handed hitter. Ready the sign, and there it is, and it is strike one, right over the heart of the plate. Ball one, ball one and strike one, On Billy Hunter. The last half of the eighth inning. And Billy takes a wicked swing at that one, but fouled it out to the left. picked up by manager Charlie Grimm, who is now on third base coaching Mr. Ratcliffe took care of that in great shape there's the pitch strike one on Demery out over the heart of the plate middle to the outside and the pitch strike two right in the same place cut that plate just a little to the outside then the waist high 4-1 Ball one and strike two on Frank Dempsey. Frank digging in with his strikes there to get a foothold. As much as to say, well, boys, look out for this one. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a good foothold, and uh, oh, he's digging out. He found something. A little rock was in his way. Well, now we'll see. That probably helped matters. I'm glad we get a hold of this one. Dempsey at bat. Two strikes and ball
0: one. (laughs)
1: Kennedy crossed him up that time by throwing a very, very slow ball, and Frank almost broke his back with foul Two outs, two strikes, and ball one. And the booze is set up. Kennedy completely crossed him that time. Turned in a pass one Fall ball two. Ball two and strike two on Frank Emery. A pitch. Ball. I we see if Frank, by digging that little rock out of there, did himself any good. Three and two now, two out, and the pitch. And he whales one. Now, went foul. Looked there for a while, but went foul in the extreme end of the left field boxes. Almost out to the wall. But so still, two strikes, and three balls on Frank Devery. Last half of the eighth inning. Talk leading five. Score five looks pretty big, doesn't it, Freddie? And the pitch. Score four. Mike Demory walks. That life on a rather a poor throw by Mr. Kennedy, which almost hit the ground before reaching the plate. That brings up Stanley Hack, third baseman. Stan Hack, a right uh, left-handed hitter. And Kennedy getting his sign, and he burns the first one in, and it is ball one. Ball one on Stan Mack. Kennedy watching, getting his sign. On the rubber, the stretch, and the pitch. Strike one. Strike one, and ball one. Strike two. One, it seems a little low, but nevertheless, the ups call is where he sees him. And it's strike two and ball one. On Stanley Hagg, two outs, no runs, and the stops leading five to nothing. Dan got a hold of one, a little slow founder, out the second and the first, and he is out. And ball went to Jackie Hayes, and threw him out at first base, even or so, feeding Stan Hagg by about a point. So it is three outs. Stocks come to bat, and there's the first half of the ninth inning. And again, we repeat that score of five looks very, very, very big around now. Tex Carlton and Gabby Hartnett warming up. Here. People are top coats out here today in gloves, sweaters, and blankets. we about ready now. Jimmy Dice at bat for the Sox in their first half of the ninth inning. Score five to nothing in favor of the Sox. Carlton pitching. Strike one on Jimmy Dyson. Strike one on Jimmy Dyches. Getting ready to come to bat. Strike two. Jimmy didn't like that very well. Strike two, no balls. And Jimmy Dykes just swung and struck out and passed through Mark the umpire as he goes over the dugout. Oh, the found that second strike. So it's one out. Nobody on. In the top half of the night inning, The first half of the ninth scored Score five and nothing for the Bob Problems pitching. And Sewell went to front, but the ball went behind him, over to the Dugout, to our left. So it's strike one, on Luke Sewell. Carlton using the rising bag, the stretch and the pitch. Ball one. Ball one and strike one. And Luke gets a hold of one, and out into left center, or right center, rather, which was taken by Augie Galant. So it's now two outs. No run, And Kennedy coming to bat. Kennedy gets a very nice hand. He's only allowed four hits all day today. It's just one of those days when Mr. Kennedy was right. Kennedy advance. Two outs takes a cut at the first ball, which is a foul tip back against the stand. Blue ball being thrown in, Carlton gets the sign and the pitch. Ball one and strike one. Two outs in the first half of the ninth inning. White Sox leading five to nothing. And Mr. Kennedy took a wild swing at that one, which developed into strike two. Strike two on Kennedy. Ball one, ball two rather. Ball two and strike two on Kennedy. Two out. Kennedy steps out of the batter's box now to clean off his strike. he's back again. Ready to go. Carlton getting in time. The stretch. And here's the pitch. Get the hold of one and fouls it back to our left up on the top deck of the stand. Strike two and fall to. Oh, the Fox pitcher, at. back. And he strikes out. Next time was from very nice one's in there on the last strike. It seems they just kind of wobble a bit and then boom, disappear and the gentlemen go right back to the dugout. Third, three out. In the first half of the ninth inning, the Cubs coming to bat for their last chance to score 5 nothing. for the Sox. And now Fred, I think you've had enough, Fred. You asked him. Here's Fred Fowler, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, George Watson. Coming to bat in the last half of the ninth inning. The Cubs with Frank Kennedy on the mound. Luke Poole behind the bat. Warming up out there. Going to be warming up with a score standing 5 to nothing in favor of the Southside Chapolderide Cubs and nothing for the Northside Chapolder Cubs. The last half of the ninth inning. One last long for long hope of the Cubs as they come to bat with the with Gabby Hutt at the catcher to catch the first man at bat. Walking slowly up to the plate as Kennedy comes his warm-up to move the Backing it up a little bit as he dashes, jumping to be on fire and loose the school. Kennedy munching around out there on the mound a little bit to try and get it set up there Now he's watching for his time to make the first pitch to Gabby Hutt. Here's the wind-up in the row. Gabby Hutt takes a hefty count at it's going down, foul. Here's the stuck out and loose the catch. There the first pass. One out in the ninth inning, Run out in the ninth inning for the Cubs, and I thought one was just coming, that 5 run lead looks bigger and bigger. One out, which bring Johnny Gill to bat. Johnny Gill, left fielder for the Cubs, the left-handed hitter, standing up there at the plate now. Ready to take his shot at that. as Ren Kennedy stands on the mound, watching for his time from root 2. the wide talent, takes off that side, now he has one that he likes, there's a wind-up in the pitch. Again, he lines a single out into right center, rolls foul, rounding first on his way to second, a fast throw in, coming in from right field from Mule Hart, and he pulls up, standing up at second base. A that double by Johnny Gill, putting him on second base with one man out. The last half of the ninth inning. That brings to bat, Bill Jergen, shortstop, toggle cuts, right-handed hitter, up the bat, one man out. Johnny Gill on second base, Brennan Kennedy pitching now as is signed. Here's the pitch, and it's a hit. Well, it isn't a hit, though. The old house goes back and makes the catch, and after the catch, Johnny Gill goes to third base. Only a man on third with two outs. The spring, next cross to the bat, and, and hitting four next round in O'Day batting for Carl. Donegill on third base. Two men out. O'Day batting for Carl. Left-handed hitter. Small for hitter. Standing up track. Frank Kennedy looking over third base to hold Donegill as close as he can. He starts run from scoring. If he can't score a shot out, here's the pitch. And it's right down the heart of the plate. Better high for Rock. One strike on O'Day. O'Day batting for Texas. Here's the pitch, and it is strike two. While also right down the heart of the knees. Strike two on O'Day. Two outs, and it is a foul. He swung at that one, fouled it down the right field line over to the White Sox dugout. Maybe in the count two strikes. On O'Day, grabbing for Carlton on the last half of the ninth inning the White Sox leading five to nothing. Man on third base. Johnny Gill on third base. Barry Kennedy winding up. Here's the pitch. And it's by him. Right down the left field line. Oh! Jimmy Dyke coming in to pick it up. Trying so throw the first. Stop with it. Open air on Jimmy Dyke. Third baseman, it was the White Sox. And that puts O'Day on first base. And it scores. Johnny Gill from third. Johnny Gill scores from third. And O'Day makes first base on Mr. Dyke Harris. And man on first. Two men out. First pitch to Augie Ballant is low and inside for ball one. Ball one on Augie Ballant. Man on first base. Two men out. One run home. Ball five to one in favor to White now Here's the pitch. Ballant swings the high fly into left field. Rip Ratchet coming in, takes the catch. for the third out, and the White Sox win by a score of 5-1. The last inning, the last half of the ninth inning, goes so one run, one hit, and one error. The White Sox won fire a score of 5-1. The summary foil. We'll have the summary in just a minute. Having them up here as we have them, the White Sox made five runs, six hits, one error, to the Cubs, one run, five hits, and no error. We'll have those confirmed for you in just a moment, but the big news is that the Chicago White Sox won the first game of the City Series from the Chicago Cubs here at Wrigley Field by a score of five. The White Sox and the Cubs will continue this city series to determine the Chicago Championship tomorrow afternoon from the Park. The game is called for 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon and will be played in the Southside Park with the White right Sox, the home team, the Cubs, are visiting down there. We'll find out how the outcome of that game will be tomorrow afternoon. Once we'll again, the receipt of the Cavals, they have them officially proposed to the The official scoring is five runs We'll the White Clock, five runs, six hits, and one error. For the Cubs, one run, five hits, and no error. The time of the game this afternoon was an hour, one hour and 37 minutes. One hour and 37 minutes. Well, so that concludes this afternoon. ball game, ladies and gentlemen. So this is Fred Fowler speaking, and on behalf of George Watson and George, we bid you good afternoon and return to the studio. Eat the presents Al have She has been consummated and the people become the cornflakes. You're joining with over 13 million people in their enjoyment of Kellogg's cornflakes. Such leadership is a great source of pride to the Kellogg Company. And each year at this time, when everyone is looking ahead, they again pledge themselves that Kellogg's cornflakes shall continue to be today's big best. Some morning soon, try Kellogg's cornflakes and take your seat at the world's largest breakfast table. Kellogg Cornflakes, made and guaranteed by the Kellogg Company of Battle Creek, Michigan. And now, here's Al hockey. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we got our city series underway today, didn't we? And the White Sox fans are very happy tonight because with Vern Kennedy pitching great ball, the White Sox beat the Cubs 5-1. to one. They made five runs, six hits, one error. The Cubs one run, four hits, one error. The battery for the White Sox is Kennedy and Sewell. With the of Lee, Carlton, and Hartnett Down in New York, however, the second World Series game was postponed on account of wet ground and bad weather, and they hope to resume down there tomorrow. Now, before I go into a little chat about things course, you might be interested in knowing, along with the other people, that uh, on Monday evening we're going to name the ball player that won that big Pontiac sedan. Monday evening in this show is broadcast. They're going to have that. And we hope to announce the main prize winners. Well, they'll also be announced next week. We're going to try to announce them on Monday night, too. But whether we can announce another question. That might be a couple of days after that because everybody's getting a chance. But... People might be interested in knowing that every single person who voted in this contest is going to receive by mail a complete list of all the prize winners. So there won't be any doubt about it. But, of course, we'll announce them first on this program. But the winner, the player winning the sedan, will be announced Monday night. The fan winning the sedan and the other main prizes will come a little bit later. How about that? Do you think we'll wait that long? I think so, Al. But we've been waiting, you know, awfully anxious. Well, that's true. Before I get into this City Series discussion, the DNA in today's game of the World Series may be just the thing the Giants have needed. You know, Hubble pitched the game that was expected yesterday and finished just three. Years. The Yankees looked rather tame against Hubble. That doesn't mean that he can tame them every time he walks out, but he has a very good chance of doing just about that, because right at the present time, Hubble is by far the greatest pitcher in baseball today. By losing out of today's game and having to wait over to play the second game of the series, it means that Hubble can come back in the third game of the series with two full days of rest. The third game was displayed on Saturday in that case instead of on Friday. And with those two days back of him, Hubble should be ready to go right in again. Now, of course, the Schumacher should stop the Yankees tomorrow and give the Giants... A 2 to nothing lead in games, they might decide to rest Hub one more day and pitch him in the fourth game. But I don't know. Unless the Giants do have that edge, and even if they do, I'm almost sure that Hub's going to come back to that third game. And then he'll be ready for a sixth game with two more days rest if the sixth game is the deciding game of the series. But if the sixth game isn't the deciding game, then he can take three full days rest and be ready for that number seven. Boy, if you know what that means, to be able to have that kind of a pitcher ready to win there three times in a seven-game series. For instance, one other day of rain would just about make it too bad because if Hubble can deliver three games, he might be able to pick one other up between the rest of them, and the Yankees, power and all, might have such a tough time that it'd be just too bad. However, don't forget, the Yankees showing yesterday isn't the showing that they're liable to make at almost any time during the rest of the series for a simple reason that they have too much power and too much experience. Team 35 series. he won that first game and also the 5th it There's been a day of rain in there. You might have come back in the fourth game and turned the tide of battle because the series was very close as it was. So you can't tell. A day like today may be the big break, the turning point in the entire series. Now for that City Series game here in Chicago. Many people weren't able to see it. And for that reason, I think I will run right through the lineups and what happens in the game so that the fans right now will know play-by-play with some comments just what it was. The lineup for this ball game for the White Sox, we had Radcliffe in left, Rosenthal center, Haas right, Benora first, Appling short, Hayes second, Dykes third, Sewell catching, Kennedy pitching. For the Cubs, Galland center, the first, Herman second, Demery right, Hack third, Hartnett catching, Gill Left, Jurgis Short, and Lee pitching. The umpires were far behind the plate. Ormsby at first, Stewart at second, and McGowan at third. And incidentally, it was a day without a squawk. Everybody was happy, and the umpires had to call some very close ones at the plate, although not more than one or two close ones on the bases, and it was well conducted in a very fast time. The first inning, Radcliffe went out, Cavaretta unassisted on the, going after the first pitch. Rosenthal was called out on strike and half bounced out by way of circuit. In the Cubs' half of the first inning, the land fly to Rosenthal, Cavaretta fly to Radcliffe, and Herman bounced out to Jimmy Dyke. Nothing across in both those, no runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on date. Second inning was the same way as far as that's concerned. Manura hit a long fly to center field, which was pulled in by the land, Heffling fly to Demery, and Hayes also sent a rather ordinary fly out to Demery for the third out. The cover half of the second inning, Demery hit a short fly back to second base, which Jackie Hayes went back to pull down. Sammy Heck bounced out by way of the pitcher, and Hartnett hit a line drive to right field, but it was easy as it turned out for Mule Haas. The third inning for the White Sox saw the first hit of the game. Dyke, the first man up, took a crack at the first pitch and lined it sharply into right field for a base hit. Who, however, hit one right back at Lee, who made a one-handed stab at the ball on the hop with his club hand. threw to Jurgis at the second, and the relay throw to Cabaretta turned into double play. Kennedy then bounced out by way of hack, and it was no runs. One hit in the first half of the third inning. In the cover half of the third inning, Gill... Hit a slow bounder down the third baseline, and it stopped dead in the spot just about a third of the way down there. Too far in for Dykes to get. Kennedy went over, and on that rather wobbly knee that he's had trouble with all through the last few weeks, and the soft turf, the turf was in marvelous condition considering the rain, but it was a little soft. He couldn't get a hold of that ball in time to throw the first, and it was the Cubs' first hit. Jurgis struck out. Lee got a hold of one pretty good, but Rosenthal dashed into left center to make the catch. Then Galan walks, but with runners on first and second and two outs, Cavaretta hit a short fly into left field, which was easy for Appling. No runs, one hit, and two men left on base. Fourth inning for the White Sox, Bradford bounced off also toward first base again and was out when uh, Cavaretta got the ball and threw the lead covering. Rosenthal single to right, hot forced Rosenthal, and Bernoulli forced out. The hot play going second to short, and the Bernoulli played just the opposite. In the cover half, after the shot said, no runs, one hit, and one left set, half happening. Herman popped uh, out to Jackie Hayes. Demery flied out to Rosenthal. Hack walked, but Hartnett was uh, thrown out by Hayes. No runs, no hits, and one left. The fifth inning was the beginning, and there was a bad break in the inning, although the way it turned out, it wouldn't have made any difference the way Kennedy was pitching that ball game. Appling opened with a walk, and Hayes lined the first pitch in the left field for a base hit. Happening stopping at second, that Jackie Hayes was going just as he was the latter part of the season and making those tough base hits. Sykes, after missing one effort to punt, did lay down a punt towards first base. Cavaletta came in and running almost into the runner, grabbed the ball. It seemed to upset him for a moment because he hesitated, and then when he did throw to first, Herman already there and making a good target for him instead of throwing the ball just to the left of the runner, and getting it to Herman, or even throwing it over his shoulder, he hit Sykes in the elbow, the ball calmed into center field, and while it was a sacrifice, it also was an error. One run scored, and the other runners went to second and third. Stuhl was walked on purpose to fill the bases, and Kennedy came to bat, and the infield played halfway, instead of all the way in, playing for the double play and reasonably sure of getting it, or hoping, reasonably sure to hope for it. But Kennedy topped one, and he went so slowly toward Jurgis that by the time Bill dashed in to grab it, he didn't have a chance to make a play at the plate and had to throw the man out at first, allowing another run to score. And that set the stage for that grand little fellow that's caused so much excitement all year, Rip Ratcliffe, who lined one into the right field seat for a home run. It was not an easy out like he was the first two times, but it was a home run all the way, scoring Dykes and Sewell ahead of him, and that was the ball game. Rosenthal and Hawks were out with five runs, two hits, and one error. The Cubs half. Hill slide out to short. Jurgis was out. Pitching to first. Lillard batted for Lee and Wong. The landline to single to right center. Lillard going to third. And Cabrera fly out to Hayes for the third out. No runs. One hit and two men left on base. Six inning for the White Sox. Carlton went in to pitch for the Cubs. And Benora walked, Hardnett called for a pitch-out on a hit-and-run as Appling tore for, came to the plate, rather, and Benora tore for second, and Benora was out easily on the throat's jerk. Appling then came through with a single, past 2nd base. and just to show that it could be done, he stole second. Hayes was then called out on strikes, and Dyke struck out, which meant that Carlton really took things in his own hands. No runs, one hit, one man left on base. Sixth inning for the Cubs, Billy Herman opens with a walk, a Demery 4th Herman from Benora to Appling, Hack then single to left, Demery stopping at second, Hardnet fouled out to Benora, and Gill hitting a ball pretty hard, hit it right into Appling's hands for the third out, no runs, one hit, two men left. Seventh inning for the White Sox, two fly to right, Kennedy was out short to first, then Radcliffe fly to left. Seventh inning for the Cubs. Happling made a nice pickup of Jurgis' tough founder, near second and threw him out. Carlton's wide to left, and land struck out. No run. Eighth inning for the White Sox. Rosenthal hit a little looping fly to left field, but Gill slipped coming in the field it and a fell for a two-base hit. But then again, Carlton got cut. Hart was called out on strike. Honora struck out. Happling walked, but Hayes lined one right into Billy Herman's hand for a hard-hit ball, but an easy out, no run, one hit. Eighth inning for the Cubs, Cabretto line to right, Herman was out second to first. Emery walked, but Hayes also threw out hatch, no run. Ninth inning for the White Sox, Dyke struck out, Duell fly to center and Kennedy struck out. Ninth inning for the Cubs, Hardnett fouled out to the catcher, they really had Gabby stopped there. Gill doubled to right, Jurgis hit a long fly to right center, which was gathered in by Haas, Gill going to third after the catch. The base added for Carlton, hit a slow roller down the third base line. Dykes came in, tried to field it to his right, so to be in better position to throw. The ball took a low hop, and all Jim could do was knock it down. He was charged with an error, and the Cubs' only run scores. And then Galan ended it with a fly to short left, which Appling went back to get. One run, one hit, one error, and one man left on base. So they said the total, the White Sox had five runs, six hits, one error, and four left. He Cubs, one run, four hits, one error, and nine men left on base. Base hits, off Kennedy, four and nine innings. Off Lee, four and five innings. Off Carlton, two and four innings. Struck out by Kennedy, two. By Lee, one. And by Carlton, six. He really went in there and breezed and passed the boys. Off bases on balls, off Kennedy, five. Off Lee, two. And off Carlton, two. Two base hits, Rosenthal and Gill. Home run, Brad Schiff. Run started in, Radcliffe three, Kennedy one. Earned runs off Lee four. Winning pitcher, Kennedy. Losing pitcher, Lee. Time of the game was worth one hour and 37 minutes. The batting averages tonight after the opening game these: Rodenthal and Appling leading the shot list with a percentage of 500 feet. And... Uh, Followed by Geich with C30C and Matt Griffin Hayes with 250 That's all for now for as far as I'm concerned. And Fort, I believe you have something to say. Yes, Al. And listen, do you like cheerful... Br- Here's one that can't be beat. Crisp, crunchy Kellogg's cornflakes. Imagine a bowl full now. A golden mountain of big brown flakes in the middle of a rich ivory lake of or cream topped off with a snow cap of sugar, if you like them sweet. Oh boy, doesn't it make you feel hungry? you love the extra crispness that all Kellogg's cereals have. Strike a bowl full now without with Kellogg's Corn Flakes for supper. It's an ideal evening meal for growing boys and girls, experts all day. And they taste as good at night as in the morning. If you don't happen to have a package on hand now, get one from your grocer tomorrow. Be sure to look for Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Kellogg presents Hal Cotton with his inside story on baseball each day at this time except Sunday.
0: This is the National Broadcasting Company.